Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution. And today, once again, perfectly happy being your happy podcast host. want to welcome you to the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution creators of Fuse, the insurance marketing software that will skyrocket your retention, boost your policy per customer count, and make your clients Love your agency without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists. I'll tell you a little story. Uh, I remember back in the day um, when, uh, oh gosh, this goes way, way back, when uh, actually it was one of my first meetings in the insurance industry. I mean, literally one of my first. So we're going way back. I'd just taken over as the executive vice president of the PIA, and we had a board meeting. And uh, and one of my um, one well association president, <laughs> I overheard her in a conversation, and she said, "I hate life." <laughs> and I thought, "Oh my goodness, that's that's a lot to share." Well, I soon realized she was talking about life insurance that she just as a PNC, a really good PNC um, technician, she just hated to sell life insurance. And I, and then I, I came came to realize that that wasn't so uncommon in um in pnc agencies and, and that um oh more than once i'd hear somebody say oh gosh uh, you know like we're killing it in pnc but in order for me to get the the cruise or the trip from well you know my number one carrier i have to sell six life policies this year <laughs> i ran across so i'm sharing this story i ran across uh, um I, I've mentioned before that I, I eavesdrop on the Agency Revolution Slack channel, even though uh, my role really fundamentally is the podcast now. Uh, so I'm, I'll read this right off of the, um, uh, 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 I think it's the Client Success Channel is what it's called. I won't read the name of the person. So-and-so from such-and-such such agency. So this was uh, apparently they were responding to a carrier who uh, w was incentivizing life insurance sales, okay? sent out a series of three life emails over 14 days using Fuse and had over 60 quotes and wrote already 33 life policies. <laughs> I thought, wow, man, that was easy. I'll share with you another interesting factoid. Uh, this from the 1990s, this uh, research done uh, privately for uh, State Farm. I just happened to be privy to it. So it's the principle is solid. You know, the numbers may have tweaked a little bit. So they discovered, um, well, the, the analysis was uh, to determine what, um, like what factors that they had control over would increase retention. And here's what they discovered. That for their, uh, this, was a, this wasn't agency per agency. This was across, you know, over tens of thousands of um, policyholders. That for their clients, uh, clients for whom they had one policy, their 10-year retention was 10%. Okay, so, I mean, that, that ain't bad, 10 years. So it's like lose 10% every single year, and 10 years later, you got 10%. Not, not great, not bad. But if they had two policies, which in that case was uh, car, auto, automobile, and home, boom. Uh, they lost, uh, you know, well, so their retention, 10-year retention was 38%. So it went up fourfold. By having two policies, if they had three policies, the 10-year retention was 90%. <laughs> it was like, whoa, seriously. Um, now, in that case, the third policy that was being measured was a life insurance policy. So think about that. Uh, the psychology of a life insurance policy, it's a lot of power there. So give it some thought. So, uh well, bingo, bango, bongo, I'm thrilled um, to introduce our guest for this podcast. <laughs> he is the uh, co-founder and former CEO of Agency Revolution. All right, it's me. So I'm not going to give myself a big intro, uh, but I do think that what I'm sharing with you is, I think it's really important. 
and 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 you'll see where I got it from. Let's face it; I've been listening and and engaging in in-depth conversations with the leaders of this industry in this podcast series for now three and a half years. <laughs> but I wasn't a baby when I started it either. Um, I uh, in in this conversation with you, uh, I've attempted to deliver to you a clarity and hopefully confidence so that you'll have an understanding of what's fueling organic growth. Um, I still maintain a, a portfolio of clients. I still maintain um, a uh, mastermind group that I facilitate, and I, I know what's working, I know what's not. And so in this particular conversation, I do share with you three the three ultimate secrets to organic growth in the modern age. So boom, go for it. Before we're, I, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Um, since I moved out here to the very, very, very quiet desert, I get a lot of time and space to think and to contemplate. And I think perhaps to some extent, you're going to get the best of some of that here. Before we go, uh, once again, uh, as uh, if you're new or if you've missed the last couple of weeks, um, this may be new information. For those of you who have uh, been around for a while, you know that my wife and I have suffered covid uh, the infection of uh, a very virulent disease. Uh, and I want to want to say a couple things. One, you deserve an update. Um, so the update is this. I feel really good right now. My wife feels pretty good right now. This is like week five. Uh, to, to, however, to say, oh, gosh, Michael, I'm glad you're over it. That would not be uh, accurate. <laughs> um, Sir COVID is a stubborn master and leaves when he wants to. Um, uh, not unlikely before the end of the day, I'm going to have some, uh, symptoms. Uh, Teresa, uh, definitely will. I mean, I had them yesterday and they're just getting a little lighter by the day. So we're over the medical crisis. That's the first thing. And, and we're on the road to recovery. Uh, second thing I want to say about it is thank you so much for those of you who have had the opportunity to reach out to me and share your, just a moment of kindness that Kind of that humanity just, well, it means a lot to me. I'm becoming the obnoxious but lovely person who just uh, came, you know, had a, had a brush <laughs> too close uh, for my own comfort and, and coming back and telling everybody, be grateful. And I know that that doesn't, that, 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 that doesn't always work, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> be grateful. And I am. I do. I thank you so much for uh, how much, uh, as listeners, first of all, your loyalty to the podcast goes a long way. Uh, for those of you who had an opportunity to reach out to me, I do appreciate that as, that as well. Um, and boom, in terms of reaching out, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, Michael Jans. And on LinkedIn, I did. I shared a couple of things recently that have gotten some traction. One, what it was like to get COVID, and two, things I wish I knew before I got COVID. Um, I've had some time to reflect on that. And so connect with me on um, LinkedIn. And if you've got questions about this podcast, I do share with you. Uh, you can reach out to me and I'll do my best to get back to you at michael at michaeljans.com. Either one is good. And now without further ado, <laughs> it's my pleasure to introduce to you our guest, Michael Jans. Hello. Well, as you know, it's Michael Jans. Uh, simultaneously, your podcast host and guest. So we're going to have a conversation today. Uh, and uh, I guess I'm going to be doing most of the talking. You're going to be doing most of the listening. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, and you might, this is a really important stuff. So you might take notes. And if you're driving, please don't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's just you, me, cup of coffee. And those of you who've been to my casita know that I make really good coffee, single cup pour over. So, um, yeah, I would say imagine that you're here with me and you said, hey, Michael, uh, if you were going to like share your insights on uh, what's happening uh, successfully, what, what really successful fast growth agencies are doing in organic growth in the modern age, I'd say, oh, OK, got it. Sit down. I'm going to talk to you because I've got some insight on that. So <laughs> um, the uh, title for today's conversation is the three ultimate secrets for organic growth in the modern age of insurance. And I want to, I want to be clear who I think the audience is for this. Primarily the audience is going to be insurance agency principals, but also those who 
uh, seriously care about the organic growth of the agency. So managers, supervisors, partners, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, this breaks down into a couple of groups. Group number one, baby boomers who want to install a system that reliably increases organic growth in order to gain maximum value. So I realize that there are those who are uh, approaching the twilight of their career. <laughs> And um, and then when they have that big payday, they want that big payday to be as big as possible. There is nothing like a, a reliable track record of organic growth to uh, move that formula in your direction. The second group are uh, those who uh, who provide leadership in the industry, but are younger millennials, Gen Xers. Their interests are usually different. The strategic strategic horizon is much longer. So typically, these are people who want to save time and money on the most reliable route to the rapid growth that happens at the next level. I had the opportunity to deliver this content to the NetView users group a few days ago. And when I got through this, I said, you know what, Dungan, if there really is another, there's another audience, and it overlaps with, with those two audiences, people who really want to do the right thing. People who really want the, who believe in the independent agency channel recognize that things are changing rapidly, that there's a lot of disruption, chaos, confusion. Um, but, but they want to build a business that just makes a difference for the consumer. Um, maybe that's my COVID reflection when, you know, sort of getting through the COVID period of my life. Um, oh, everything needs to be super meaningful and that uh, while it's terrific to be a millionaire maker for, um, <laughs> for baby boomers and, and uh, Gen Xers and millennials who own and run insurance agencies, that that's maybe sometimes not quite enough, that maybe the holy grail is what are we doing for the consumer? So this is the right thing to do. And often when we uh, do provide a tremendous satisfaction to the consumer, well, of course, we are rewarded for that. So uh, before I move on, um, I will, uh, first of all, uh, you should be aware of the fact that I have a new publication coming out, Five Levels of the Modern Insurance Agency. If you'd like a copy of it, the only way, I think the best way for us to stay in touch, uh, first of all, uh, you should connect with me on LinkedIn. Secondly, and I, I, uh, I, I mean this seriously too, because I'll be able to, well, I'll be able to help kind of bring you along on my journey to subscribe to my email newsletter michaeljans.com forward slash subscribe. Can you remember that? michaeljans.com forward slash subscribe. Boom. So remember that. And, uh, and follow me. And I, my, my promise, I'll give you juicy, groovy stuff every single week. All righty. I want to put this in an historical perspective because I think this really explains. A lot of people are wondering... <laughs> What what is going on? <laughs> Maybe that's why a lot of why so many agents do listen to this podcast is I'm I'm attempting to deliver to you the uh, the messages, information from the people who have an insight on the future of uh, the independent agency channel and what's working and what's not, and 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 so I w constantly want to deliver that to you. Well, there is a lot going on, and I I want to provide an historical perspective that you probably haven't maybe had a chance to think about before. I call this the three phases of the independent insurance agent, the history of the modern insurance agency. All right, so let's go back to uh, 1686 or whenever you want to, but for the sake of discussion, Lloyd's of London, they have policies that they need to sell. And who do they, at some point, who do they need to sell those policies? Well, they need a representative or they need an agent. This is of the, of the three phases. This is phase one. Carriers hire agents. And the locus of power rests with the carrier who, quote, unquote, invents the agent by definition. And, and, and what, the, what an agent means, look this up in the dictionary, is acting under the authority of. And so that's where we got our name, and that's what we did. And so for some hundreds of years, independent or captive insurance agents really worked at, uh, really fully at the behest of the carrier. But then something did happen. <clears throat> um, and I, uh, I delineate this period roughly around post-World War II. 
boom, fastest growing economy in the history of the world. And an interesting thing happened over the next uh, many years, let's say the next uh, 45 plus years. Um, business in general changed. So we saw this first happening in the Fortune 1000 companies. Um, thought leaders, uh, advisors like Edward Deming, Peter Drucker introduced quote unquote modern management methods. And ultimately we saw those methods seep down from large business into small business. And so in our industry, we saw really interesting things happen uh, where uh, previously in phase one, distinct from phase two, Phase one was really the, uh, the age of the agent. Phase two was really the age of the agency. And we saw the growth not only in size, but also in sophistication and maturity of the agency. And so we saw an increasing focus on professionalism, business systems. Agencies could grow in size with uh, like legitimate job descriptions. We also saw an interesting consolidation of over 80,000 independent insurance agencies in this period to 40,000 independent insurance agencies. I'll talk about that more in a bit. And we saw the introduction of fairly sophisticated technologies like computers, agency management systems. And then we, we also saw a real, another really interesting thing happen. Um, and, uh, oh, to some extent, I had a, a minor role in promoting this because uh, I was the executive vice president of the PIA on the West Coast. And so uh, I held a license for professional education for CIC, CISR, CPSR. So we saw the growth of designation programs, which really was kind of at that point the pinnacle of professionalism. Uh, we also saw during that period um, the National Associati Association of Mutual Insurance Agents change their name to the National Association of Professional Insurance Agents. And then, of course, we saw generally uh, support for the regulation and licensing of this as a profession. So there was a, during this period, uh, a shift in the locus of power from the carrier to the agency as agencies got bigger, uh, as they, in some cases, were able to demand more. And actually, we saw towards the end of this phase about uh, 10 points in the revenue pie shift from the carrier to the agency. Maybe you weren't aware of that. <laughs> Celebrate it. Um, and then we saw something else happen. And I'll arbitrarily say now, and of course, I want to point this out that in the periods of transition, there's often, it, it doesn't happen immediately. There is a little bit of chaos and confusion, and that certainly happened here. So let's say around the year 2000, boom, phase three, the internet supercharges the microchip and changes consumer behavior. And I call this the age of the modern insurance agency because the modern consumer gets more choices than they've ever had. They have access to ubiquitous uh, access to an infinite amount of information. They can see community reviews they couldn't see before. They can see online comparisons they couldn't see before. They, uh, there was tremendous growth in the direct channel. Um, and strong expectations were established by other industries who learned how to deliver trust and a satisfying customer journey in the modern age. So the locus of power again shifted from the agency to the modern consumer who had more choices, more information, and more power. Boom, understand that. And, and I think you'll recognize that the agency who gets that, who understands the uh, uh, newly unique power of the modern insurance consumer is the agency that's going to win. And I'm going to drill down into the details on that as I go on. So I said, I'm going to share with you the ultimate, uh, the three ultimate secrets of organic growth. Secret number one, understand the modern insurance consumer. First, you need to understand their psychology because they are secretly telling us how to earn their business and their loyalty. Number two, no and go where the money is, okay? So I, let me put this in perspective. Uh, I, I think those of you who have been listening to me um, sufficiently appreciate the fact that uh, my business philosophy is strategy comes before tactics, okay? And that's why I tend to put a fair amount of emphasis in the podcast series and my guests on strategy. The few big decisions that, will, um, that ultimately will influence, guide, and align 
all those tactics that uh, seem to be so important. If you're going in the right direction, the tactics are terrific. If you're going in the wrong direction, it's frustrating and a big waste of time. Well, these first two issues are strategic. Number one, the, the uh, essential element of, of designing strategy is knowing what's going on in the real world so that you can navigate your way through the forces, so you can ride the updrafts and avoid the downdrafts. And then number two, this is clearly strategic, is where's the money, all right? So we have to understand the consumer. And now that we understand the consumer, let's figure out the best possible place to play. And that gets us to secret number three, is now that we have some strategic direction, What's our tactical direction, step by step? So this is moving up the five levels, levels of the modern insurance agency is having a proven path and plan for the modern age that shows precisely what to do next at every step along the way. So let me ask you a question, because my sense is that there is some, a lot of, oh, uncertainty or confusion. People would just like to know what's the path and plan. So if, if you, do you believe that you, if you had a map that showed you what to do next, that you'd be able to get to the next level? And I'm, uh, that uh, uh, that if you had that that clarity, that there could be a major transformation in your agency. And I'm asking that because my observation is you're only inches away because you've all got almost everything that you need. Um, more than likely, if you're listening to this podcast, you've got carriers, customers, you've got internal systems, you've got staff, an internal infrastructure, equipment, office, yada, yada, yada. You're just inches away, in most cases, just lacking the clarity that a well-conceived map can deliver to you. And so I understand that most agencies and agency principals are thinking, gosh, yes, I want faster growth, higher agency income. Uh, super high agency valuation. I want uh, more control, more time off in an agency that I can just really be proud of. But there's an awful lot to deal with, like this breakneck pace of change, this constant stream of shiny new things that uh, I know that you're aware of, a tidal wave of insure techs, billion-dollar advertising, really much, much more than that, from the direct channel, consumer behavior that's changed a lot, uh, marketing gurus selling too many solutions, and then massive consolidation, bigger competitors, and, and you still have an agency to run. So I will uh, well, I'll share with you an observation that I do think, yes, this is a, of course, this is a different era. Of course, this does require some new skills, but I think it also requires a different mindset. And I'll share with you what that is. I call this the mindset of the, the mindset of the insurerpreneur who strives to, and this is critical, have the courage to leave the rest of the industry behind because frankly, a lot of the, the rest of the industry is going to get left behind and strive to put strategy in front of tactics, to never sell on price, to earn the deepest loyalty possible with their consumers, and I'm gonna dig into that in a moment, to embrace and master modern tools, you know my perspective on that, uh, to really protect people and change lives, which is what we do, to make this a better world, to treat your team like champions, to build business and marketing systems that get your agency to the next level and just simply understand how to execute and get things done. So I'm gonna dive into the each of these three circles in a way that I think you'll find is extremely practical. First of all, I probably don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but for those of you who are new, you may wonder, like I, I generally introduce my guests and I build them up a little bit, okay? So give me a moment, all right? Uh, why, why do you wanna pay attention to Michael Jans for goodness sakes? Well, I've been in the industry for like 25 or 30 years mostly focusing on the areas of organic growth, strategy and marketing. Uh, and, and I've done that kind of in a few different areas. Uh, one is in uh, uh, advice, uh, insight, um, guidance. And then the other one is in the development of technologies. Um, and so let me, let, me, let me give you the briefest uh, review of my, um, oh, my resume in this industry. My work's been featured on every single major trade magazine in the industry, from Insurance Journal, Best Review, Rough Notes, Canadian Underwriter, yada, 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 uh, as a thought leader. Uh, I've addressed the um, national board of directors of the P national PIA, of the national Big I. Um, I've keynoted for affiliates from one coast to the other. 
Uh, I've trained, spoken for, consulted with some of the major carriers um, in uh, in the United States and Canada, Travelers, Safeco, Westfield, Aviva, et cetera, et cetera. I've delivered my annual State of the Industry address to the audiences of um, the Applied Systems and Vertifor user groups and more. <laughs> my work's been downloaded 200, over 250,000 times. I've written over 50 books, courses, and programs on insurance marketing. And um, I'm also the co-author of the best-selling book, The InsureTech Book, released in 2018 by um, Wiley. And, uh, and then you know, I've been uh, also as a thought leader, the host of the Connected Insurance Podcast now for almost, well, three and a half years. I've been at this a while. As an entrepreneur, I've sold over $50 million in my own product. Um, I'm the founder and CEO of Insurance Profit Systems and the Quantum Club Coaching Program. Uh, I was the uh, co-founder and CEO of the Insurance Communicator, the largest e-blast advertising company in the industry. In 1999, my co-founder, Lucas Jans, and I created the first email marketing system for insurance agents. We've delivered in one format or another over 70 million emails on our own servers, both for ourselves and for our clients. Uh, and as you know, I was the co-founder and CEO of Agency Revolution, which I sold now about three years ago. So, um, boom. Uh, what did I do after I sold that company? Well, uh, I think many of you know, about two and a half years ago, I moved to the, uh, the remote foothills of the Sonoran Desert to live the life of a happily married uh, contemplative hermit. And really, uh, I took uh, two, two and a half years and really just stepped back. I uh, wasn't really active in marketing anything. I wasn't active in social media, really. I didn't really have any new programs. I had a lot of time to um, think. Um, and uh, all the data points were saying that this is a really different world. And we're moving into a really different world. It's an industry that is in some turmoil. And I was uh, reminded of a survey that I ran some years ago. It was, was before I sold, where I asked the, um, I asked industry-wide <clears throat> insurance agency principals one question. Um, are you wor worried the world is changing faster than your agency? 96% of the respondents then said yes, and my guess is the other 4% were in some delusion. <laughs> so, I did, so I did some research, because I still had clients, and I still really care. I did some research, and I broke my research down into three chunks. Number one, well, at this point, I'm probably interviewed over 200 industry thought leaders, CEOs, insurtech startups, super successful agents, marketers, journalists, analysts, researchers. I talked to them. Well, you heard me in a lot of those conversations. And then in addition to the podcast themselves, I also have conversations prior to the podcast where it's no holds barred. And so I asked them. What's going on? What do you see? What should agents do about it strategically, tactically? Um, and I think uh, I just looked at my list of podcast guests over the last three and a half years. This really kind of is the who's who of the independent insurance agency system. I'm, well, frankly, I, I do have the best job in the world. <laughs> I get to have a really poignant uh, hopefully helpful for you, conversation with the most interesting people in the insurance industry every single week. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, number two, I continue to do field research with my own private clients and members of my mastermind group, each of whom is committed to a minimum of 25.89% annual growth. And then number three, I'm a researcher. Um, it's always kind of, it's always really has been one of my strengths is not simply to rely on my own observations, but also to get as broad a perspective as I possibly can. So I analyzed over 5,000 pages of industry research. And so I, uh, I'll share with you how I kind of, how I see part of my job. I, I realize that if you're an independent agent, you're, you're not going to subscribe to, the uh, advisory reports from the big research and advisory firms, McKinsey, J.D. Power, Bain and Company, Deloitte, Forrester, ITA, Conning, et cetera, et cetera. They're really expensive. Uh, and so uh, when I get my hands on that, I, I kind of see it as my job to synthesize and package so that I can discern 
what are the uh, salient parts of those reports that I can deliver to you in a way that makes sense for you? Uh, so in addition to reading industry research and analysis, of course, I've continued to maintain my network in the uh, direct marketing sphere and to maintain my research and analysis in direct marketing and what's working. So boom, I broke my research into three parts and obviously came to some conclusions. I'm going to share three conclusions with you now. One, as every virtually every single podcast guest said, this is a time of great change and fast change. Agents are either catching up or falling behind, and I think uh, I would concur with uh, a lot of my guests who said we can expect to see a thinning of the herd. And unfortunately, not many are leading the way. Number two is agents must be vigilant to the trends and forces. Well, again, this goes back to my strategic conversation, is that if you want to if you want to uh, succeed, particularly in times of some turbulence, when forces are moving quickly and a little more difficult to discern, you really have to pay attention to those. So yes, we have new and emerging technologies. We have more choices for consumers. We have emerging competitive channels and consumers are changing their behavior. So we have to pay attention to that. And number three, if agents have a path forward, which means one really understanding the modern consumer number two knowing uh, where the money is for the independent insurance agency and number three having a clear and proven path and plan then you can get to the next level so let's get started because uh, i am going to show you um, a system that does make it easy for your, your agency to the get uh, to get to the next level in the modern insurance agency uh, in the modern insurance age. And my goal is that that the right customers choose you, and they can't possibly imagine imagine choosing anybody else because for them, you're the obvious agent. So again, a a, um, a little I'm gonna, I'm going to insert a little mini uh, history here because this is well so reflective of what's happening today. Um, in the 1970s and 80s, there were, like I said, about 80,000 independent insurance agencies, but there was also a storm of some turbulence. There were new technologies demanded. <laughs> I mean, this may be shocking to some of you who, like, uh, came into this industry and there were always agency management systems. No, there weren't. I remember those conversations where, uh, in fact, I hosted uh, more than one battle of the agency management systems when I was uh, running the PIA and, and we'd have like a half a dozen of them on stage <laughs> and, and they'd do screenshots and I'd listen to the guys in the back of the room saying, hey, 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 Fred, are you going to get one of these things? Um, so there was new technology. There was a, a new generation that was rising. There were also economic challenges and a lot of agents really just didn't have a map and so there was a lot of, there was consolidation. There were mergers and acquisitions like crazy and agencies got bigger. Well, what's happening now? Okay, new technologies, new, new competition. There's a new generation. A lot of agencies don't have a path and plan. So yes, I think we can expect to see a thinning of the herd. And as Jack Welch said, when he was the CEO of General Electric, if the rate of change on the outside exceeds the rate of change on the inside, then the end is near. So in times of turbulence, speed itself is part of strategy. You, you, can't, operate, <laughs> you can't operate slow. You can't even operate normal. L learning to execute quickly is a, it's an imperative skill set now. So, boom. If I can have your undivided attention for the next 20 minutes, can you support your own mastery by taking notes? Please, not if you're driving. <laughs> and uh, also, if you have questions, you can please feel free to reach out to me. I'll do my best to get back to you. I, I will. One way to reach me is LinkedIn, LinkedIn messaging. Uh, also, Michael at MichaelJans.com. All right. Now, while I'm at it, I'll remind you. If you missed it at the beginning, um, yeah, let, let's connect, and I'll, I will uh, 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 try to bring you along on my own journey um, in the modern age of insurance. Subscribe to my newsletter, michaeljans.com forward slash subscribe. So we've got three secrets, and I'm going to cover each of those secrets. Secret number one, 
You need to understand the psychology of the modern insurance agency so you understand how uh, to earn their business and their loyalty. Boom. So they've changed their behavior. That's no secret, okay? Um, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. I'm going to share a few numbers with you, and I promise you that, that like two weeks from now, these numbers are going to be out of date, <laughs> okay? But they tell the story. 81% of consumer, and, and I've got citations on each of these, so, <laughs> okay. 81% uh, of consumers research online before shopping. The average consumer actively uses their smartphone 145 minutes a day. 98.4% of consumers check their email at least once per day. 39% check their email between 10 and in, uh, infinite <laughs> throughout the day was the response they gave. <laughs> Almost 40%. 88% trust online reviews as much as they trust the recommendations of friends or family. I'm going to circle back on that. There's a really important point coming up. 65% read between 4 and 52 or more reviews before making purchasing decisions. Okay, I'm going to circle back to that. 79% of American uh, adult internet users use Facebook. Okay, not me, but <laughs> and maybe it's less today. Maybe that one will go down. I think people are getting so fed up with it. Baby boomers are online more than millennials. Huh? Yeah. And an average of 15 hours per week. More recent research estimates that the average U.S. adult spends 87 hours per week browsing on their smartphone. Okay, so um, the 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 clear message in that part of the secret is they've changed their behavior. They are connected. Okay. Like the connected insurance podcast. But if you're thinking, Oh, then I just need to be connected. Well, I don't want you to miss the most important point because I want you to reflect back on the last 20 years. What's happened. Uh, do you remember nine 11 and how uh, emotionally um, dramatic and powerful that was? Um, and of course, you recognize uh, we've been engaged in the longest war in the United States history. Uh, in the last 20 years, uh, we've had now not one, but two uh, of the greatest recessions in the history of this country. Uh, and I think most social scientists would say that we have experienced and perhaps, yes, are experiencing a, a period of tremendous bitter social and political divisiveness, and of course, a pandemic um, that has uh, also, uh, in many ways, um, has n economic consequences, but also great social consequences, and also at an individual level, tremendous emotional consequences. And so the ultimate point here is that yes, they're connected, but the reason these connections mean so much to them is because, well, it's because they want connections that they can trust in a difficult period to navigate. And if, of course, if you're a millennial, on top of all of that stuff and basically having lived your life through that stuff, um, the millennials, uh, many of them have also come out of their college experience with, just remarkable college debt. People are looking for answers. And so think about this. Of the 80, 83 million millennials, 43.5% share online reviews because they take connections really seriously. 93% rely on blogs and reviews to influence their purchase. So they want, they want to learn about you and hear what others have to say about you. 75% say it's, Fairly or very important that you give back to society because they want to know that you care too. They want to know that you're a contributing member of this connected community, this connected society. 42% actually want to be so close to you that they want to co-create products and services. That's how close they want to be. And so it ain't just about the connections. It's about what you deliver through the connections that really matters. Like Steve Jobs said, um, it's in Apple's DNA. The technology alone is not enough. It's technology married with the liberal arts, married with the humanities, that yields us the results that make our hearts sing. So can you do that through the connections you make through these various technologies? Can you make the market's heart 
sing? Can you make your customer's heart sing? Well, my premise is yes, absolutely can. But I know you know you might be thinking, again, like that list that I, I, I referenced earlier, how busy you are. I don't have the time or the staff to learn all of this and to do all this. But I, I'll ask you, would you be more confident if I could show you a recipe for creating the ideal customer journey and made it easy for you? All right. So we're going to do that with secret number two, which is understanding where the money is. Okay. So now we have a sense of um, a little a little sense of that consumer, that connected consumer who so desperately wants uh, guidance, leadership, um, and trust. Well, let's figure out where the money is so that you have the strategy to earn MCLV, maximum customer lifetime value. So many agencies seem to be just, they, they seem to think that, <laughs> um, boom, they got a new customer. That's the time for celebration. That's just the beginning. That's like giving birth to a baby. Um, the Well, as we'll see, maximum customer lifetime value is, well, that's the, the benchmark of how well you are engaging in uh, a relationship with your customer in such a way that then they reward you richly with that MCLV. So boom, this is like I said earlier, this is a strategic issue. So strategy answers two questions. One, where are you gonna play? And then two, how are you gonna win? So I'm gonna address that one, that where are you gonna play thing, okay? And I wanna, I wanna be really clear, strategy I admire all this stuff, but strategy strategy is not courage. It's not team building. It's not rah, rah, rah. Um, it's really determining the most likely way to achieve the best results for the least effort. In the context of the real world, the forces in the real world, those that are working for you and those that are working against you. So I'm going to put this in perspective by uh, reviewing the, the way that money comes into an agency and the way that money... Um, grows in an agency through the four-step ACOR marketing model, okay? So four steps. There are four steps in the modern insurance agency marketing model. <laughs> it's an acronym, ACOR. A stands for attract. That's, that's stage one. Attract um, is how we get people into our marketing funnel. And uh, it, it's how we uh, create prospects. Phase two is C, convert. And it's in that phase we turn buyer uh, prospects into buyers. Uh, stage three, O, is, stands for optimize. That's how we turn buyers into clients, by making those relationships richer and deeper. And R stands for retain, and that's how we create the uh, long-lasting relationships, ideally that last forever, and how we turn clients into promoters who then generate leads for us. And we get new people into our marketing funnel. And then, and this is a real level four activity, we crack the code on lead gen, and we don't just get new clients from our existing customer base through referrals. We also get them by building marketing funnels that bring them into this four-stage model. So there are four stages, but there, so here's what I'm getting to. There's a really critical element. If you look at each of these four stages, they deliver four kinds of money to you, four different kinds of money to you. <laughs> so this principle is called <laughs> the four kinds of money in the modern insurance agency. You might have guessed that. Um, attract, A, brings you future income. No money now. You, you get 100 leads, you get 1,000 leads. You can't take any of them to the bank. So it brings you future income. C, boom, you get a new customer, gives you new income. Usually not, uh, you know, it's not enough to sustain the agency, but it does represent growth in this year. But boom, now we get into the exciting stuff. The O and the R, optimize, delivers reliable income, and R delivers wealth and equity. Now, here's the other interesting part of this, okay? So the future income is, is $0. The wealth and equity is lots of dollars. But then <clears throat> let's look at what it takes to get each of those uh, four stages, okay? <clears throat> well, the, as every marketer knows, the most expensive part of marketing is getting the lead, is lead generation, okay? <laughs> you, you spend a lot of money to get leads and you get no income for it. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that kind of sucks. But again, that's future income. So we move them along. 
Well, once we turn them into a customer, yes, we're we're paying fairly serious money for that um, commissions, salaries, you know, et cetera. And so the new income it costs us money, but boom now. The savvy agent will recognize that once I've got somebody on my insurance conveyor belt, I've got an opportunity to make that relationship richer and deeper. They've already overcome the biggest trust barrier there is, which is the first sale. So relatively small investments deliver lots of optimization and very small investments deliver a very strong retention. But unfortunately, so many again, so many agents they focus on the, fir- the the front end of the conveyor belt, and they don't take enough care for the back end of the conveyor belt, and so they're they've constantly they're running back and forth between the the hose and the farmhouse with a leaky bucket, and they and they keep having to run back to put more water in it instead of just trying to fix the leaks in the bucket. So I'm going to share with you uh research that was done by Bain and Company on um independent insurance agency system and what they determined was uh, if you could uh, measure clients loyalty which you can using a net promoter score then you'll discover that the highly loyal insurance client those who uh, rate themselves as being loyal in other words a 9 or a 10 on an NPS score deliver 3 times more value than the 7s and 8s custom okay remember these are the ones who deliver mclv maximum customer lifetime value and seven times more value than the low loyalty clients who score themselves a zero to six boom that's really well it's just really powerful not seven percent more not not 70 percent more 700 percent more and 300 percent more well, let's take a look at how that happens, because when, once you get that, you say, oh, well, then I want these guys and I want to treat them right so that they reward us with MCLV. Well, let's take a look at a, a couple of a couple of ways that this happens. One is retention. Low loyalty clients retained at 74 percent. Mid loyalty clients retained at 88 percent. High loyalty clients retained at 97 percent. If you had a five million dollar book and extrapolated that over the next 10 years, your low loyalty clients would deliver $18 million. If they were mid-loyalty clients, they'd deliver $30 million. Boom, that's $12 million more, okay? $5 million, it's a $5 million book spread over 10 years, okay? And I'm hypothesizing that it's either low loyalty, mid-loyalty, or high loyalty. Well, the high loyalty customers deliver $44 million off of that same $5 million over the next 10 years. Amazing. Um, the highly loyal insurance client will deliver um, 88% of their insurance wallet to one provider, 10% more than others. Uh, the likelihood that they're going to buy more from you is, is, is 5.9% greater than that of a low loyalty client. They're just kind of sitting on the edge of their chair waiting to be asked. Um, they purchase 25% more insurance and they deliver 250% more client, more um, referrals than a mid-loyalty client. And, of course, low-loyalty clients don't deliver referrals. They deliver complaints, <laughs> and then they put them online. So uh, if, uh, if a, a highly loyal insurance client is going to deliver two-and-a-half uh, referrals, you're going to close 80% of them. You're going to get two Every time you create a highly loyal insurance client in time, they triple themselves. So, boom. That answers the question. Where are you going to play? Well, it answers the first part. Play in the deep end of the relationship pool. Now, I'm going to stress something. This is the analysis, research, and conclusion for the independent insurance agency system. This is where we thrive. I'll get to more on that in a minute. I'm not talking about any other system. I'm talking about our system. You play in the deep end of the relationship pool, and you are going to be really richly rewarded. But who do you want a relationship with? Well, the research uh, from Bain further goes on to identify there are three values that compel people to purchase insurance. They are price, convenience, and peace of mind. And uh, consumers generally have one of those values that comes to the forefront. Well, we've got one way to look at the industry. We've got 
three major channels, the emerging and growing digital channel, the direct channel, and the agency channel. <laughs> well, the digital channel is really good at convenience, and because of their model, they're really good at uh, price. Boom. Uh, the direct channel, okay? Well, the direct channel, again, because of the sufficiency and the efficiencies that are baked into the system, they're good at price. And, and I've got AM Best Data to back that one up. We're not as good, okay? Better, we're better on underwriting, but the combined ratio is still higher. Um, and the direct channel, again, because of the efficiencies in the system, they're really, really quite good at convenience. Well, who is it that owns the peace of mind value? We do, no question about it. Uh, people value what uh, they get from relationship, and we can deliver relationship so much better than any of the other channels. So going back to that question, where are we going to play? Step two, and that is strategically choose those most suited to the agency channel, the ones who want relationship. They're not the price shoppers. Those are high churn, and they're going to cause you problems. Not every customer is a good customer, okay? But then there's another element is let's look down the road. Uh, let's see where this train's going. What does the future look like? Well, you know there's over a billion dollars in InsureTech being invested in our channel annually from venture capital and other sources. And what are they doing? Well, a lot of them are, they really are. And you, okay, you've heard my other podcast guests, uh, perhaps, you know, listen to Dan Fagella again about artificial intelligence. <laughs> they are attempting, some of them attempting to automate, simplify the, uh, the, the, the simpler lower end of the market. And so down market, there's a much higher probability of automation and disintermediation and we've got a growing millennial and Gen X population that really is quite comfortable with self-service and financial services. So the down market, think about this, is, is in the future has a vulnerability the up market does not have. And the up market has some built-in advantages. One, they do tend to value the agent relationship by nature. They value the expertise and the advocacy. They want that peace of mind because they uh, because that's their higher value. Um, it's uh, it's a part of the market that is much more protected from uh, automation and and this is important. And again, go listen to like my my uh, my interview with Michael Mensch. Okay, there's more revenue per transaction, and that really matters when you make strategic decisions. So. Finishing up the section on where are you going to play? Lean up market. Okay, where are you going to play? One, the deep, the three elements to this. The deep end of the relationship pool. Two, with those most likely to value relationship. And three, leaning up market. So you might be thinking, all right, this makes sense about where to play, but how am I going to win? And that gets us to a perfect bridge to secret number three. Move up the five levels of the modern insurance agency so you've got a proven path and plan for the modern age that shows precisely what to do next at every step along the way. Okay, so I'm going to walk you through this quickly. And, and uh, again, uh, I do have a publication coming out. It is a little bit down the road. If you'd like a copy of my five levels of the modern insurance agency, okay, when you're on your computer, michaeljans.com forward slash subscribe, and you won't miss it. Okay, I'm going to walk you through the five levels of Level one, the commodity broker. Level two, the professional agency. Level three, the strategic agency. Level four, the aligned agency. And level five, the innovator agency. So, boom. Uh, level one, the commodity broker. Um, this is an agency that's in trouble. They got trouble coming if they're not in trouble already. They tend to have slow growth. They tend to be stuck on price. And they have weak relationships with their customer base. They may try to like do relationship kind of in the old school manual way, um, but they're not scaling relationship with technology. So again, um, because they're price driven, um, they don't have a lot of margin. They don't add much value at the retail level. Their growth tends to be slow. The churn is high. They have a low customer per, uh, uh, um, policy per customer count. Uh, they don't have uh, relationship strategies as a critical business strategy. Uh, they tend not to have a cohesive, compelling business strategy to begin with. The owners usually, hey, they're good people, and they try really hard, 
but they're always busy doing, 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 and very seldom building and, and conceptualizing, designing systems. And the owner spends most of their time on insurance. Um, so that gets us to level two, which you may think this is odd. I call them the professional agency. Well, the professional agency is that agency I was talking about earlier, okay? When I ran the PIA back in the, whenever that was, the 80s, <laughs> maybe some of the 90s. Uh, hey, you know, and they were, they were getting their CICs and their staff were getting their CISRs. And, okay, uh, and they had agency management systems and they were like, you know, <laughs> there were, it was that was the pinnacle of professionalism. Um, they re they run like businesses, okay? They're stable, but now now because remember we're in phase three of the history of the insurance agent. They're falling behind, okay? So um, yeah, pr I mean yeah, they've got they've probably got a website. Maybe they do some social posting. But internally, they don't have genuine ex marketing expertise. They don't have a really a genuine marketing strategy. They might have producers, uh, but they're not supporting those producers with marketing. So it, it continues to be an inefficient model built on cold calling. Um, growth tends to be industry average, like maybe 5 or 10%, okay? Um, and I think deep inside, the agency principals have a nagging doubt that they're not keeping up with the changing world. So then, boom, I think a lot of agents in the last 10 years, I've seen agencies wake up and step into level three, strategic. And I call them the strategic, the strategic agency because at least at some level, they've responded to those strategic issues that we've talked about before. Um changes in modern uh, a consumer and really understanding their psychology and recognizing what they want and reaching out to them and understanding that there's uh, that the money is in the relationship. Those are strategic decisions. So they've invested in the future and they're reaching out to the marketplace with a plan, with modern technology. So their growth, <clears throat> their growth is 10 to 15%, not five to 10. They proactively reach out. Uh, their retention, referrals, policy per customer count are progressively getting better. They often have a clearly defined target market. The principals invest more and more time into business building strategies, not just doing insurance. The team is starting to wake up to new behaviors, and they're adding new skill sets to the agency, and the principals definitely embrace technology. And then, boom, now the fun starts. Level four, the aligned agency. And I call them aligned because every single process, uh, behavior, staff, task, uh, orientation, uh, technology, they're really aligned to deliver a deeply satisfying customer journey so that the customer feels that trust and, and delivers the maximum customer lifetime value. So boom, these are the ones who own the future. They're marketing masters. They deliver a customer journey that makes customers love them. And they tend to have growth higher than 15%. They got all the qualities of the strategic agency, but they've mastered them and added more. And one that they've added is they've cranked the code on lead generation. I'll talk more about that in a moment. And they deliver a really deeply satisfying customer journey, but they've also now, so here, here's how I see, this is a good definition of level four, the aligned agency, they've merged two professions, obviously insurance, but the profession of marketing. And they've merged those together. So they do have new skill sets and capabilities, like they've got some mastery of search engine optimization, campaign design, the customer journey. Uh, somewhere inside the agency, they've got capable copywriting. Uh, they can create original content for content marketing. They use modern communication platforms and technologies. They've got um, editorial skills. They've got some brand discipline. They tend to, the, the agency principal now really is an insurapreneur building systems, and that gets us to level five, the innovator agency, because they create the future. They've gone beyond the mastery of marketing, and they've added one other thing, an extraordinary and proprietary value at the agency level, an experience at the agency level that has now allowed them to really reinvent our industry from the inside out. So they've got all the characteristics of four and they've added on top of marketing mastery, they've added innovation, the ability to deliver value in a unique proprietary way that gives them, virtually gives them a, a, a virtual monopoly on the market of their choice. And it's not uncommon for them to have 
a greater than 25% annual growth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you three magic, the three magic keys that will elevate any agency from whatever level you're at to the next level. Strategy, technology, and content. Strategy. Boom. Remember, lean up market. Go deep in relationships with, va- with people who value relationships. Technology, master the modern technologies that help scale relationships, okay? It doesn't mean replacing the personal touch. It means supporting it so that you can scale it. And then content. Content is the stuff that gets delivered through the technologies. Remember, people don't just want to be connected. That's easy. Get on Twitter. You'll be connected with with (laughs) more garbage than you know what to do with, okay? Facebook, all right? Content, original content. Deliver meaning and delight. Learn to craft original and meaningful content that combined with your technology delivers a world-class customer journey. So what happens at level three? I'm going to skip level one and level two. The mo- those are old school agencies. The new school, the modern insurance agency starts at level three and moves up to level four and level five. What kind of things does a level three agency do? They probably have some social posting disciplines. They've got some ongoing nurturing messages of value to their customer base. They blog. Uh, They might be doing some low to to, uh, um, mid-production value video. Um, They're controlling the inbound conversation. I'll talk more about that in a future podcast. But they control, in other words, um, all those inbound calls are aligned and scripted and, uh, and purposeful and intentional. Uh, They've automated some cross-sell, probably with an annual review, maybe some automated cross-sell programs. Um, No doubt they have a referral program. And then I call it the quick win program. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit out there that's relatively easy to get. Uh, But boom, what happens at level four? Well, this is where you begin to see that they have facility. They have some mastery over, again, not just insurance principles and techniques and technologies, but marketing principles, techniques, and technologies like they know how to build a marketing funnel. They work with an annual content calendar. Uh, They may have developed multiple personas or avatars to help them um, craft their content to and their messaging to the marketplace. They've no doubt created some kind of a lead magnet to draw people into their marketing funnel. They use marketing engines, marketing technologies, and they link them together effectively. They've created uh, a sophisticated customer journey that takes somebody from being a stranger to being a raving fan. Um, They're attentive and aggressive with their search engine optimization. Uh, They don't just rely on the website that they bought two years ago and left it alone, that they use uh, uh, advanced web design and make it fresh and, and, and consistent. Uh, They create original content. They are definitely targeted on exactly who they want. Uh, They have impeccable marketing metrics. So, boom, the four things that I ask, ACOR. How many leads did you get? What was your closing ratio? What's your policy per customer count? And what's your rolling retention over the last 12 months? Boom, they know that stuff. They have a content calendar. And and they've aligned. This This is the culture of the agency, is that they've aligned everything from the people to the processes and the technology people, processes, and technology to deliver a satisfying customer journey to the right people so that they give back maximum customer lifetime value. Level five, they do all that stuff, but they deliver something so proprietary, so unique, so well-conceived at the agency level and experience that's so unique that they hold a virtual monopoly. Uh, in which insurance is just merely one part of the puzzle piece. So, again, you might be thinking, hey, uh, Michael, I've tried marketing before. (laughs) Or I'm so busy, that one's common, and I get that. Um, Or my staff is stuck in the old ways, all right? So, again, I'm going to sum this up. But, yes, with the map in front of you and an understanding of how to get to the next level, You can get to the next level without wasting time and money on trial and error. You can get to the next level without the all-too-common frustration of not being quite sure what to do next. You can get to the next level without feeling like you're alone. 
because other people are walking this path. And so, uh, it, you know, I, I've asked my, my clients as they have added growth and revenue, what are they going to do with it? Because that matters to me now. Again, this is Mr. Kind of just getting through COVID. You know, everything has to be meaningful. <laughs> um, you know, so, so and, and the common answers is, is if they had, you know, if, if they got to the next level and they had more innovation, they could add more value to their customers. If they had a stronger team, they'd have the best team in the market. If they did more marketing, then they could control their own rate of growth and that they could give back to the community that uh, in which they participated and and be proud of what they did. And frankly, we tend to be an industry that cares a lot about our families and everybody wants to give more options to their families. So I'm going to wind this up with a couple of um, couple of recap points. Number one, the world and insurance have changed uh, and the pace of change is getting faster and faster. And there are forces and trends that are they're out of our control. We, we <laughs> Okay, let me, part of, this is a bit of a stoic exercise in recognizing what's inside my control, what's outside of my control, okay? Because the stuff that's outside of control, I have to live in that world, so I want to make sure that the stuff I do control navigates me successfully through all the new technologies, through all of the new and emerging competitive channels through the um, oh the different values of the uh, rising millennial population and through the changes of consumer behavior. And recap point number two is to win in the future. You, you have to start now. Um, <clears throat> you, you, you don't wait till Tuesday. <laughs> okay, don't wait till Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's so easy for the days to go by. And for all of them to look the same. And then at some point you look up and you, you look around, you really wake up and you say, oh, my goodness, I'm behind. You've got to have a path and plan that helps you understand the heart, mind, and behavior of the modern insurance consumer. You need one that, that identifies the strategy and shows you how to get maximum customer lifetime value. <clears throat> and you need a map that shows you precisely what to do next. Whether, you, whether your map has five levels or 100 levels, I think five levels, I think we've got a pretty good definition. You have, so have to have some sense of where you're going. So I'm going to wind this up uh, by saying, one, if you've got questions about anything that I've talked about, um, I will be happy. I'll do my very best to connect with you. And, and so the two ways you can reach out to me are, number one, my on LinkedIn. We should be we should be palsy wowsy on LinkedIn anyway. I'm getting kind of active on it and sharing uh, my insights and observations and and what's up. So connect with me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me, um, Michael at michaeljans.com. And then of course, if if you want to go along this journey, if you want to know when I publish uh, my my next publication on the five levels of modern insurance agency. If you want some insight that can either give you inspiration or direction, then, you know, let's stay in touch with each other. Um, subscribe to uh, my email newsletter, Mike at at. It's so easy you can't forget. You will remember. <laughs> MichaelJans.com forward slash subscribe. And that said, um, I do want to say it's been a, been a delight uh, having an opportunity to spend a little bit of time with you. Um, I, I definitely hope there's, uh, that you've gotten some value from this and, um, in closing, wear your mask. Thank you for listening to the connected insurance podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues, explore the connected insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media, subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.